Whoops, I said the wrong thing. Hold on. I said your country's <laughs> internet. But you actually just mean virgin media people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah but, that's, but that's the thing is they, they provide, like, the majority of the country. <laughs> so... So, yeah, fucking hold on. See if this is worth again. Is this working? Please work. I think we're back. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, there we go. There we go. Everybody's... Everybody's okay. back again. Oh my god. What am I doing? And yes, it seems to have actually worked and we are actually alive. So anyway, how how long did it how long did this take me to do so? Only only six months. A long time. <laughs> yeah, it did. I know I'm sorry, I'm I'm busy as shit an awful lot of the time. But uh, yeah, just uh, if you want to just so everybody knows, just uh Give a little introduction to yourself, your name, what what it is that you do, hopes, dreams, desires, things like that. Okay. Hi, I'm Desiree. I do a lot of different things. Um, the most relevant thing that I do is that I run a YouTube channel that does social and political commentary. And, uh, oh, this is kind of important because I'm about to make a video kind of wrapping it up. I've been banned by PayPal, been super mad about it. Um, they actually unbanned me earlier, late, very, very late last year. Um, so I do that, and I met Count Dankula, or I call him Marcus in person, but he's known as Count Dankula at uh, the International Conference on Men's Issues in uh, August last year, late August, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's how long it's been, a while, that we've been trying to get this done. Um, and I was on a panel with him and Sargon that I haven't really seen on the internet, but it was it was really cool. It was about woke um, entertainment, uh, that kind of stuff. Other than that, I run a cryptocurrency-related channel where I talk about more than technology, so I don't really mix it with my political stuff. Behind cryptocurrencies, not just Bitcoin, but I talk about a lot of altcoins, particularly privacy coins. And I'm also an artist. I do oil painting, and that's all in my bio. Usually, I usually link across all of them. Hopes, dreams, and desires—like the world <laughs> is just a better place—and a lot of the, the divisiveness that we see in politics today and just the world in general going down. However, I think that's just a, a dream because I think there's—you can't control anyone, and so there's no way off actively making that happen and usually if you try actively to make that happen that just results in tyranny but it is a hope and a dream of mine that i'm willing to share yeah. on uh, on this thing so, yeah, that's my issue i totally get what you mean yeah but i know that uh, yeah we did meet at the icmi which uh, i had an awful lot of fun uh, i think you uh, you you got a little bit of an introduction to a, a funny side of youtube that you're probably not used to yeah yeah, <laughs> I can I remember. Yeah, maybe I'll just leave it at that. What happened there? Like, I guess not really. I think there were pictures and stuff, but yeah. for the most part, it's there. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good laugh. But I know that the primary thing that you wanted to talk about was censorship. But before we get into that, how did you get banned from PayPal again? Oh my God, it's such a long story. And I've been sitting on this information because I actually recorded my initial phone call with PayPal um, where they, where I was first trying to find out what happened. And then I recorded a second one 
Um, and I, I'm editing it right now, so it's going to come out really soon. Um, but to try and be brief, this initially happened in August of 2018, so two years ago, because I started my channel in uh, early 2017, and it had gotten some attention. And I can only assume that it was due to my content, even though they didn't actually tell me. And I talk about some heavy stuff. I won't say what, but I have that on my channel, but I don't do anything. I'm very nice and polite. And I also haven't held or stated any opinions that I know that other people who use PayPal have, um, have and they, haven't, they weren't banned. Um, and I had gone to Jamaica for like a, a trip I think for like a month at the time so I had missed like the notifications because apparently they actually tried to call me and I didn't realize that until I got back into the states and I checked my phone and then I got an email from them that said my account had been limited and so I had called them and said hey why did you limit my account it was permanently limited and they said that it was due to the accessible use policy and I was like okay but I checked it and this I don't know like what's in it that I did because I, I can't identify anything that I've done and they refused to tell me and I basically gave up after emails uh, an email a message the phone call and I also actually tried to reopen a second account um, still for donations it was donations to just just thinking out loud and that's the name of the show just thinking out loud and um, none of that works they they permanently limited the second account and then I kind of just moved on and I complained about it I also lost a lot of people because everybody was mad at patreon because of what happened with Sargon so uh, some of the people who follow me like follow him so I lost money that way too oh, oh dear December 2019 I actually have other PayPal accounts that I use because like I, I just told you I do crypto stuff and I do art stuff and sometimes people pay me for those things and so I have separate accounts for, with PayPal and I have um, also a personal account that has nothing to do with like these I guess revenue streams so I had been using those and then one day I tried to add a bank account I think it was to my art one I can't remember and it wouldn't let me add it and then I call them and they said actually you can't use PayPal anymore like you're completely banned from using the service and I was like what this doesn't make any sense and I was like why and they said oh because you've been banned from I don't know the two years the actually it was a year a year ago and I was like this doesn't make any sense because one I didn't get any notification for the other accounts and two I've been using them for a long time and I was really upset because like PayPal is everywhere and yeah. like I other people you know I use it for other things totally separate from my political stuff so they were like this is permanent I actually stayed on the phone with them for a really long time I'm going to release the video like and with like the whole recording and I, I told the guy I was talking to that I was recording it and plus they record you anyway um and they were like this is permanent <laughs> I was like this doesn't make any sense so they, they kind of they, but... they youtubed you essentially because that's that's what youtube does like they'll go oh we're removing this video because you broke a rule what rule or oh, this rule well what part of the rule did i break that's enough bye like, they, they just don't want to talk to you they just give you a vague excuse but they don't ever tell you specifically what you did so yeah all right that's that's what they yeah, did to you yeah well, they actually did end up unbanning me, but it's because I went on Twitter and I complained about it a lot. 
So I actually started a campaign for myself. I don't know if you saw it, but I was like, okay, because I was I was so upset. Like I was so angry. I was like, no way. I am like not going to escalate this. And so I was like, this is day one. I haven't heard back from PayPal. This is day two, and I did it for 14 days um, before they like responded to me. But I'm I'm going to make a video that goes into details. I still don't know exactly what I did. They were trying to basically stop me from using PayPal at all. They actually said that it was something determined in their back office. Like, that's the term that they used oh, on the phone call. Yeah. And that it was a permanent decision, that they, but they couldn't disclose to me, like, what it was. It's, it was just, like, ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was, like, I, I just, I, I was like, I think you guys are discriminated against me because, like, I can't even point to what happened. And they were like, no, we're not discriminating against you. And I was like, yeah, I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> It's a brief rundown of, of what happened, kind of brief. I know, I know a few people that that's actually happened to as well. Like, there's a few people that used to be involved in, like, the sort of conservative movement. Like, I know one girl who left the movement, not Lauren Southern before anyone in the chat pipes up, but uh, she just sort of left the whole thing. She was big for a while and she left it and she's just not bothered with it anymore. And she's been out of the movement for about two years now and then she just got... A bunch of letters in from like Chase Bank and stuff like that saying, you know, we're disabling your accounts, like you can't bank with us anymore because of, you know, XYZ, you know, right wing political activism. And she's just sitting there like, I haven't done that for years. Like, I'm just like, she's not on YouTube. She doesn't have any, she doesn't even use her Twitter anymore. And for stuff that happened like two years ago, she got banned from her bank. Like, she had to find somewhere else to set up and pay her bills and stuff like that. So that's one thing I'm noticing. I know Chase Bank's the worst one, but the thing that they do is they always just give you vague reasons where you never you never know why you're actually banned. Like, you did a bad thing. What thing? Doesn't matter. You're still banned. And it's just like, come on, like, tell me what the fuck I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I didn't really harass the, the person on the phone, but I was like, this is unreasonable don't you think this is unreasonable i asked like 20 times um it's it's not fair and uh, i actually really worry about the fact that there might be some blacklist out there somewhere where like they can call it up at any time um for something like this person that you know for something that you did in the past and like take it to some new institution where you thought you were safe and try to shut you out of society and living a comfortable life just for I don't know having a different opinion and talking about it with other people which is by the way the only way the opinion might ever change is if you talk about it with other people exactly no that's that's the thing is like people have actually theorized that there's some sort of Silicon Valley blacklist that contains a bunch of names where basically you know these people are verboten they are forbidden from being on any platform even if a new social media company like starts up in Silicon Valley if this person joins that company they'll just be terminated right away people have actually theorized that for quite a while but like that's obviously we're getting into the thing that we want to actually talk about which was a uh, censorship uh, which is a uh, obviously that's something I'm quite big on and you seem to have been censored from PayPal have you had any other incidents like that any videos removed tweets deleted no, but I keep looking, like, I keep checking my YouTube channel thinking that they're going to, like, silently remove a video. So I'm always on the lookout. And I do think that YouTube censors me and has been censoring me for a long time. 
Um, but it's hard to verify that stuff, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. But I, I don't think it's just me, but I do think they do that. Other than that, I haven't, I haven't had um, anything. But I also think it's because I'm not big enough, maybe yet. And then maybe it would be a bit more, I don't, I don't know. Well, I also think it's kind of hard because I, I honestly feel like I'm just too nice like for someone to make certain arguments against oh, me. After, after meeting you in person and hanging out with you and stuff like that, like in the men's rights movement environment that we were in, you you are too nice. <laughs> <You're> too, <laughs> you are. You know, like there was some, there was some, a bunch of, there was a bunch of like cheeky stuff getting said, and it was, it is quite a masculine sort of atmosphere at that place. And you, you were a little bit of a, a wallflower. You were sort of, you were quiet a lot of the time. But like, uh, I do, yeah. yeah, if you want to be in a, you know, sort of involved in political, you know, the online political scene in any way, um, you need, you need to be meaner. <laughs> It's actually something I struggle with because, like, like if you say negative stuff, people are attracted to it, and it's like not only is it not really in my nature, not that I can't be mean or get angry, it's also like not how I want to be. So it's like it's like I actually don't want to do that, but I also want to, you know, say certain things. Um, so it's just something I, I have to live with. You know, I, like, I, I accept. I, I, I love. I love. I love being mean. Like I, I, I just, I just love being a complete internet asshole. Like I, I have fun with it. Obviously, you know, it's not. It's not for. It's not for everyone. Not for everyone. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But I was. I have one that. Oh, sorry. sorry. I was just saying, like one of the things as well about censorship. When we were at the ICMI, uh, you heard the story of that guy on Twitter. He's called take down MRAs, uh, that person was actually harassing the hotel with phone calls, telling them to de-platform and shut down the whole event. Yeah, the... I was actually talking to um, someone at the front desk who was, I don't remember her name, but I remember her. She was really nice to me at the beginning, and she was asking me what I was there for, and I was telling her, and then I actually... Uh, not her, but another person. I think it, like uh, someone who either managed the, the, the people at the front desk or something like that came up to me when I was at the desk and asked me to tell them more about the event. And I think it was because they had been receiving those calls at the time. And then after that point in time, like she wasn't as nice to me anymore. Oh, <laughs> so oh, like yeah. I kind of saw that, that like happen. Oh, the the, the, yeah. sta the staff were fucking mad. Like they were pissed off because the phone was ringing like every two seconds. It wasn't just this person. It was a bunch of other, you know, feminist groups and stuff like that as well. But it was mainly that uh, takedown MRA guy. But we we annoyed him on Twitter after it. We were all taking selfies of ourselves at the events and sending them to him and all that, saying, oh, we're all having a great time, you know, why, why don't you try calling another 40 times and all that, which was, ah, uh, uh, he's, he's annoying, he's just annoying. Uh, I don't know who that exact guy is, but there was a reporter person who had been at the event, like, afterwards at the Hooters, I think it was, Yeah. and he was walking around, like, um, trying to talk to people, and he had, I had, I think, given him my phone number, but I had been busy or something, and I was like, yeah, I'll, do, I'll talk to you. Did the guy, I did, never the, ended did, up did the guy have him. glasses and short brown hair? I think that, I think so. I think uh, was he was, he was the spy, he was the spy reporter, you gave him oh, your okay. number. <laughs> okay, yeah, but I did, but I never ended up talking to him, because, I don't know, I think, 
I think I like just never got back or something. But you know what? The reason I bring it up is because like a month ago, because I just saw it a month ago, I saw my name because I was googling myself, and I found my name in this horrible article about the red stripes movement. Yeah, and it was like. Oh, thing because like he never reached out to me to say that he had mentioned anything i never i never spoke to him um and it was like this it was so bad it was it was like immature like i don't really see how anybody could really um i don't remember like what the name of the article was i'll try and maybe send it to nah, you nah, but it was so I, bad i read the same article this, like, this is the guy that came up to us and was like oh D- dankula sargo and I'm, I'm i'm such a huge fan of you guys oh I'm I'm actually uh, filming for my YouTube channel and everything, and we were just kind of like we don't know you, and everything. But we noticed that whenever we were talking in like a group, he was like coming and sitting close to us and all that. He was making a point of like sitting in, as near to us as he could so that he could listen to what we're saying, and that's when we were all just giving each other like knowing looks, and we were like, I guarantee you that guy's going to come out with a hit piece shortly after this, and yeah, he did. It was a uh, that that was the spy reporter. Like, uh, nah, it's fine. But he's got your phone number now, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, but I actually don't answer my phone. So, like, I, I gave him the number, but I, I only make take planned calls because you get so much spam calls nowadays. Like, I just don't answer my phone anymore. I don't know what it's like over in the UK, but that's fine because, yeah, I don't use my phone the way a normal person does. Nah, um, but talking about censorship, this just reminds me of um, the myth informed uh, MythCon event in uh, the place for the casino. I can't remember. I can't remember what's oh, right uh, mine's, mine's IRL in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, where there was that woman walking around. And the reason I've, I'm thinking about it is because I'm comparing it to this article that I saw and how it felt as if these, this person, <clears throat> and I think it applies to for the, this other event, had this idea in their mind and then they just like put everybody into their little picture frame and it it wouldn't have mattered what you actually did or who you really were as a person you know they they just had something that they wanted to say were you i don't know were you were you sitting with us when she was staring at us through the glass when we were out in the smoking area She just, I don't think so. We, I don't think so. I, know, I, I don't think so. I know that Karen Strawn and all those people were there, and we were just we just turned around and looked at the window, and she's got her face just pressed right up against the window, like staring out of it. She looked like fucking it, you know, for the movie. <laughs> like, and we we're just sitting staring at her, going, "What the fuck is this bitch's problem? Like, why? Why is she staring at us?" And then later on, we found out that she was the super feminist reporter that was going around and hating on everyone and live tweeting oh you know such and such just said this horrible thing on stage and everything and when i when i went on stage and started making rape jokes she went crazy and got really angry but during during the q a uh, someone dunked on her spectacularly a guy came up to the microphone at the q a and said i don't really have a question i just want everybody to know that there is a pigeon-shaped lady walking around t- tweeting tweeting absolute bullshit out about everyone so i just thought i would let everyone in the room know and like the entire like auditorium just turned around looked at her and started laughing and it was one of the best moments of the entire event but yeah, she mm. she deserved it she was she was lying about everyone she was yeah. lying about everyone 
Yeah, I saw some of those tweaks, and, and she definitely, she definitely was. Um, I kind of want to ask you about the. You said I could say I could bring up almost anything. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you about what this Paul Joseph Watson thing is all about because I came on, I didn't go on Twitter on Sunday. I was, I like, I turned my phone off and I was trying to cut that out. And then I came on Twitter and there were just so many tweets about Paul Joseph Watson being handsome and then. I was like trying to find out what happened because his tweet, even though I follow him, wasn't showing up on my um, timeline. And it said something about him being mad at Piers Morgan for like not defending you. So it seemed like you were involved. And I was wondering if you could just talk about that a, a bit. All right. Um, the the version of events that I heard, he didn't reply to my DMs, but I was talking to people that were with him at the time, and I was like, "What the fuck is Paul doing?" And the uh, story that I managed to gather from everyone is that he got extremely drunk the night before and then because it was like a party weekend he woke up and just kept drinking and it was while he was drinking that he realised that Piers Morgan had blocked him and he just went off was just sitting there like fuck fuck this guy I'm much more handsome than him I'm so attractive and like and he just started he just started going after everyone and that's that's the thing is like see See drunk Paul Joseph Watson. Drunk Paul Joseph Watson is the best Paul Joseph Watson because he's he's actually funny. That <laughs> like, sounds bad to say. I really like the guy, right? He's a friend of mine, but drunk Paul Joseph Watson is the best kind, right? And it was just, I, I, it was just so funny because I did message him and I'm like, Paul, what the fuck, what the fuck's brought this on? And a part of me wanted to make a joke on, have you been hacked? Because some of the things you're tweeting are actually funny. <laughs> and all that but like yeah it was but then he went after Lemmy and he added me and got me involved in the argument like Lemmy's a Scottish comedian and uh, a lot of people give Lemmy shit for not defending me whenever the Nazi pug stuff like first yeah, went down and uh, so people I, I, my name was now in it and I was like I don't want to get involved like I don't really care anymore Nazi pug was four years ago so even if he did defend me now so it's a little bit late you know, but like, yeah. uh, but then I had a bunch of left-wing journalists all following me because I somehow was involved in it, and I'm just like, Paul, why, why did you at me? And this shit, like, he just set Twitter on fire, and then he just dumped my name right in the middle of it, and I'm like, thanks, thanks, oh. Paul. <laughs> oh, okay. I I've seen Paul in person once at um, an event with uh, from Mike Cernovich. I went to one of his events. And he's really tall. Like, yeah, and, that, and skinny. That, that's all I remember about him. He's tall and skinny. That's the first thing I noticed about him as well. The first time I met him was in a pub and he stood up to like give me a hug. And then like I'm a big guy and he just towered right the fuck over me and I was just like, ah, what the fuck? Because you can't see how tall he is in his videos. The guy's a fucking lanky bastard. Yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, it's it's kinda weird when that, that happens. Um I mean, I, I don't really think I have anything much more to say about censorship in particular. You can talk about your work, just things that you're working on, the type of stuff that you do, and all that. Because I know that I know that you're pro freedom of speech. Because we had a we had a few chats about that when we were at ICMI. Yeah, I am very uh, very pro uh, freedom of speech. I 
I mean, like, I know that speech can actually hurt people, as in, like, their feelings. Like, it, it can. And I do think that speech can be damaging, especially to, like, a young person. Yeah. However, I don't think that turning it off is going to actually solve the problems that people want it to solve. So, um, I mean, I've, I've made countless, countless videos talking about, like, speech and uh, the importance of free speech. Um, I think... There's this debate that I, I haven't talked about it yet, but maybe I'll get around to it. Going on about um, porn, because I started following this person on uh, Twitter. I don't want to get too much into it, but she was talking about um, like child abuse videos being put up on porn websites. And I had also made a video some time ago. Yeah, this is kind of a heavy topic, but this, that's what they do. I made a, a video like some months ago about how I thought that porn um, counts as freedom of speech. However, I also think that's a really big issue and it's a real issue, but I also don't know how I feel about these people. I also think porn is bad, like for the health of uh, a lot of people who, who watch it. Um, so I think all of those things are bad, um, but I don't necessarily think that you can stop people from participating in that, in that stuff or yeah. watching that stuff. and. To get back to like the really heinous stuff, like the child abuse stuff, I don't know how I feel about her going after the platforms and then trying to like take down the whole platform because they're representing this movement that's called the new drug, something I call important new drug, and like I completely understand that. Um, I was actually watching a oh god, I'm going on another tangent. I was watching a stream with a uh, tree of logic where she had sargon on some other people and they were talking about simps and they were citing some statistic about how so many um like people not having sex and like like it's just bad and they were attributing it to porn and like that's true but i, I will say that I, to... I feel that porn has in a huge way changed sex for the human race i, th I think it has I think that people have a much different perception now to sexual relationships because of porn. I do, I do yeah. believe that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, and um, I guess what I'm I'm trying to say is, I think these issues are very, very complicated, and I was bringing up this porn oh. platform. But they're focusing on the platform, but what's driving the platform are the people behind it. And like this is what I always think when I, I see people focus on like the central hub and the thing that's like facilitating um, this bad thing that they think is occurring. Like human beings are always going to come up with new technology and novel ways of doing things that can have harmful consequences. Yeah. You take this one thing down, there's something else is gonna come back up. And so it's just it was just very interesting to me that she kept focusing on the platform. Um, this account on Twitter is following and not on the fact that like there are the people behind it and I think they are as much the culprits so I yeah this is yeah. something something else that I was thinking about making a video on well it's like I personally think you know I'm all about like expression I feel like you know a person's sex life when it comes to sexual relations I've only got like two rules you know consenting adult that's my only two rules you know if if it's consenting adults, you know, selling videos and making videos and doing all that type of stuff, then whatever, that's none of my business. But, you know, if the person's not consenting or the person is not an adult, then I'm going to make it my fucking business. 
<laughs> like that's that's where I have a problem. So basically, I would I do agree that porn is harmful to a certain degree. Like it's the same. I would treat it like anything, you know, like drugs and alcohol. You know, it's you can have it. Just remember to do it in moderation. You know, if you overdo it, it can cause long lasting damage. Like if people want to go and watch porn, you know, that's fine. That's up to them. I don't believe it should be banned or anything like that but I do acknowledge that some you know there are harms that can come from pornography yeah and like uh, again this issue with the child porn stuff that she was talking about that I think is a very big issue and like going out to the platforms another thing that I noticed about I keep using this person as, as an example but I do think it applies to a lot of the speech stuff um it was because she had this mindset of only blaming the platform and calling them evil basically yeah um yeah. i think it stops you from looking at alternative solutions like is there a way to flag these videos more efficiently and get them down more efficiently and i feel like when you completely just go to get rid of the whole thing first of all it's not fair to like like you're saying that all the consented adults even if it's bad like people can do that and i also think it's just not going to actually work and so i think the, the mindset that people have when it comes to things that are damaging or, or only focusing on the aspects of them that is damaging it stops them from coming up with solutions that might actually be helpful because uh, yeah. um, you don't even think about you like you don't, you're not even thinking in that direction as far as platforms go i think see if it's a platform where anybody can just go on and upload anything and you know See, it, it would be different if every single upload <clears throat> there was a human element like at the website, you know, like moderators would watch a video before they allow it to go online. Then I would say, well, if a illegal or horrible video went up, then that is your fault. But see if there's not really any screening process at all, purely because the site is just so big that it's just not feasible to have enough staff to check the sheer amount of content that gets uploaded on it. Then I would say it's... It's not their fault that someone did that. It's not their fault that someone uploaded a video like that, but they should obviously have measures and things in place so that cause to take that down as fast as they can. Because I don't know if you heard about this situation on uh, Facebook. It was a young girl, and I believe she was from England. She was, And it was really tragic because I think she was about 13, 14. She hung herself like on stream on Facebook, and it took... Even though people were mass reporting the stream like as it was happening and the stream was getting shared around and stuff, it took Facebook eight hours to take the video down. And it's just like see, yeah. so see that that's a fuck up. That is a big fuck up when you have thousands of people reporting a video and nobody acted on it. Like that that is a huge fuck up. So basically, I don't think the platforms themselves are responsible, but in order to prevent stuff like that staying up there too long or getting shared around they should have more stringent measures in place to remove that stuff as soon as it's reported to them i i, I agree with that um and yeah i hope that we come up with ways to deal with these issues better and nothing is going to be fast enough um but I hope we come up with them soon. And no, I never heard about that, and that is tragic. No, that's, uh, that, that, that happened. But that was the thing is, I've, I've heard a lot of stories about like child porn being posted on Pornhub and stuff like that. And apparently, there was a case of one girl who, apparently, what it was was they lied about her age and said she was eighteen, 
And a part of, from what I hear is that what Pornhub accepts as your, you know, proof of age is you just need to take a photo of your ID. I believe that's what it is. You know, I don't, I don't make Pornhub videos, sadly. Um, but uh, apparently you just take a picture of your ID and send it to them. But I mean, that's, you could have a fake ID, you could have anything like that. And apparently a girl who was underage was on there for about like four months before someone eventually yeah. reported it. This was a girl that was sex trafficked. Now that type of thing I feel is like a huge oversight. If You know, it's, it's fine and well to have security measures in place, but then not so much if those security measures can be as easily bypassed as that. Yeah, well, it's it's going to be a constant battle because whenever they come up with new security measures, people who are bad people are going to try and find ways to yeah. overcome those things. So I guess, like, my... I'm agreeing with everything you're, you're saying so far. I guess my solution is for people to try to, like... Something's a platform or the people who run a platform like Pornhub don't have to be your friends if you don't like what they're doing But I think the goal should be more to work with them rather than just like demonizing them and calling them like whatever Like to actually solve solve the problem. Yeah, I, th I, th improve. I think if you identify like a group of people that are like causing problems and like I'm gonna say this. I've have a cheat to say this because I'm I'm really bad for it. But see if you identify like a group of people that are causing problems and like, for example, in my case, I would say it would be left wing journalists, right? If you just approach them saying you're bad, you're terrible, you're awful, and start hurling a bunch of insults at them, then you're not you're not gonna get anywhere like that. I've noticed that if you approach people in a friendly way and say you know this thing that you're doing is causing a problem, I want to help you, you know, solve this problem right and that that is a good way of approaching things but i have a cheek to say that because at any time i speak to any left-wing journalist i'm i'm instantly an arsehole like i just yeah. it's, like as soon as i hear it i don't know what it is it's like a pavlovian response almost for me to just <laughs> for me to just be a, a complete dickhead to this person but but that I, I will i will say here on stream that 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 doesn't help that doesn't help you know conversation progress it doesn't help any of you find middle ground or help each other with your problems so I, ble I believe that i don't feel that the platform should be demonized and all that type of stuff i do feel that you know people should encourage them you know like this this is what you need to do to solve the problem and like offer words of encouragement because if you're not you know a, a person's not exactly going to be interested in helping you if they think that you're a dickhead so like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just feel like that's the yeah. way forward. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a student of the school of Daryl Davis. Did you get to meet Daryl when you were at Mines? I, I had a chance, and I like saw him, and like he saw me, but I didn't actually talk to him. And I think I didn't actually talk to him because I didn't fully know who he, who he was at the time. And I actually just like two days ago finished watching his Joe Rogan interview. Because um, when I was at the Minds event, I didn't actually sit down for his talk. And, um, yeah, he definitely, the his uh, personality definitely is uh, relevant to the conversation at hand. And something I found myself thinking, um, and I'm not trying to say this to put myself in a good light in any way whatsoever, it's just the truth, was that this person, Daryl, is, is like me in a very specific way. 
because I'm a very, very open person. I'm like high on trait openness and it has to be like my being artistic or whatever. So I find it very easy to like see the good in other people. Like it, it's not something that I try to do, it's just some, like a way that I am. And it's rare to find people like that. And sort of to tie that back to what you were just talking about being mean doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't, but you know what it does do? And this also goes back to the beginning of our conversation about being online. People really engage with that. Like people love to see their rep some representative of theirs online attacking someone they don't like and yeah. doing it in like a nice, yeah. in like a funny way or something. So like the human mind is definitely drawn and attracted to that. It's like the Hollywood celebrity, like TMZ drama part of it. Like mm. pe people do love that, and that that shit sells. It does. Uh, like that shit absolutely does sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Um, but yeah, that guy's really cool. He's really cool. I, th <laughs> like... I, th I think he, I think he's an absolute fucking king. I I, I fanboyed when I met him. And I'm <laughs> like, I've, I'm sitting there like usually I'm like very chill. And everything, and I just, I, I was like, just, just shake his hand, tell, tell him, tell him he's great, and then go away. But then I, I fanboyed. I'm sitting there going, I just, I just think everything you're doing is amazing. Like you, you've proven that discourse works and everything. And he, he's sitting there. He was friendly about it, but I was being a weirdo. <laughs> Man, so I ended up just walking away. I just went, thanks for your time, and like walked away. But yeah, I think Daryl Davis is fucking excellent, and like. And he he must be like the most patient man, like in the yeah. whole world. Like you need to have like Buddha level of patience to put up with yeah. some of the shit he puts up with. Yeah, I I I think that I'm glad that he's in this world. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, glad he's in, he's in this world. Absolutely, yeah. me too. No, but it's like. Yeah. Um, it was it, like I enjoyed like see all the events and everything that happened at Mines and stuff like that, like Mines and the ICMI. Like I loved my time over in the states, but it wasn't even just that. It's the fact that these events were actually happening, like at all. Like and I was amazed by the turnout. Like whenever I was going to get, whenever we were going to the talks and going to the events, I was like, holy shit! There's tons of people here, and we've got people from Germany and Canada and Mexico and fucking a few Russians and all that as well. We had people from everywhere and I was just sort of like, Jesus, this stuff is so worldwide that there are people dedicated enough to fly like halfway across the world to like come to things like this. Like that, I, I, that was an amazing feeling. I thought that was fucking excellent. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I had a great time. I Karen had invited me. I'm so happy. I'm going to do like they're not doing it in person anymore because of the virus, which we should also talk about. Um, but I'm doing like their like their online version of it. Yeah. Oh. I think I your mi your microphone just clicked off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what what just happened. It went away and then it uh, came back. Okay. Um, what was I saying? I was just agreeing. Yeah, it, the events were great. No, I say I know that I know that Minds are doing that. Is it wait, is it ICMI or Minds that are doing their conference like completely online? This, ICMI is doing it online. Yeah. I don't know about about Minds, but I know ICMI just put out a call. Uh, I just I, I agreed to do it. So. Yeah. But uh, yep. Um, I want to talk about the uh, the virus. 
because oh. I wanted to uh, ask you about that. It's a good segue, kind of. I've I've got a I have a feeling now. Basically, like social distancing and quarantining in areas of high population where you know there's a higher risk of the virus running rampant, and I, I completely understand like flattening the curve you know basically don't let so many people get sick that the hospitals become so overloaded that everybody dies right i I under i understand that i would say that basically it's your civic duty to not infect and kill your countrymen so you need to make some self-sacrifices in order to protect other people's lives but on the other end of that these emergency powers that the government has brought in to do things like that and they're like Oh, don't worry. As soon as the virus is gone, we'll we'll shut these emergency powers down. No, you won't. No, they won't. Like <laughs> as I know for a fact, they won't. I mean, how how long's America had the fucking Patriot Act now? <laughs> like how long have we had the Snoopers Charter? Like uh, whenever, yeah, you ever seen that? You you Lord of the Rings fan? Ah, uh, yeah, I like Lord of the Rings. See, you ever Only... see the bit? Sorry, where, see the bit where he's about to throw the where he shouts at him, you know, throw throw the ring into the fire, and he turns around and goes. No, <laughs> like that. That's that, that's what the government's going to do with the emergency powers. That they're they're not going to give them up, not at all. Like you know, gov- governments don't let a good uh, a good pandemic go to waste if it means they can grab more power. Yeah, I I okay. So I definitely think that governments have been incompetent, and I also think that the like the signs of what would happen with the virus were there from early on. But I have also this, like, I guess, biological uh, perspective, which is that humans don't have natural predators anymore. It's going to sound really cold, but, like, this was bound to happen. There was bound to be something like sickness or illness that would come and take off the, the sick and the, the old in the population. It's something that happens in nature. So I think that that's the first thing I think, that this was going to happen. And it's great that we have technology and medicine that can alleviate that or hinder it or stop it um but i kind of think something was something would happen at some point because we we're like we've adapted so well to our environment and then i also think that no matter which way it goes that is if they either do the lockdowns or they end the lockdowns and they have a, a, a second wave people are going to get infected and it's going to be bad. Like, I just think that there's no good way that it ends. And I've seen these posts online where where everyone's like, you're responsible for the deaths of all these old people if you refuse to stay at home. Or you're responsible for all the economic deaths, the deaths that are going to be a result of the economy going to SHIT because you want to open up again. Like, it, it doesn't matter what you do. I think that's like, kind of gross to be blaming people like that for like the deaths of all of the people to make them feel guilty yeah. but you can do that either way like you, you can make that argument either way I, th- so I, I just I think it ends badly I, I, I think <laughs> so, I think we're at the point where the virus is so widespread throughout the world that everyone eventually will get it at some point and I think it's just going to be a case of like a lot of people are going to end up dying because of it. And I do agree that see when the quarantine like gets shut down, I think there is going to be a second wave, a second wave of people like getting infected. Like I know that there's places talking about doing it in stages so that they can you know flat flatten the curve 
and all that you know like we'll deal with one group and then the next group and then this group of workers and that group of workers and basically they'll deal with it you know as a long slow steady process but I've, <clears throat> I believe that in the future see how it's going to be a part of our life in the sense that you know every year you need to get your flu shot yeah I, th I think I think every year you're going to have to get your flu and your covid shot every year I think that's what's going to happen now yeah <clears throat> You think the virus is going to mutate like every year, so you need something. Well, I guess your immunity will wear off, so you need something every year. I think that's what's going to happen, but it's only the primary people that are going to need that is the same as the flu shot. It's going to be old people, people with an underlying health condition. You know, if you're if you're young and healthy enough, you know you can fight off a flu. Like you're going to feel like fucking shit, but like you can fight <laughs> off a flu. Whereas if you're older or immunocompromised and so on you know there's a chance it can fucking kill you like i think a lot of people have learned just how many people every year that the flu like the regular flu actually kills it's actually quite a fucking lot of people yeah i didn't know that before all of there's a lot i didn't know before all of this started happening like all this r not stuff and you know like viruses mutating like i just i didn't know a lot of the epidemiology behind viruses and i watched that movie contagion <laughs> it freaked me <laughs> out so bad but anyway where, where where were we i don't remember i'm trying to remember right now um we were talking about the virus and we were talking about staying quarantine you were saying you thought that you think there's going to be a second wave yeah when they when, when they start to introduce everybody back out into the public and start opening businesses back up and stuff like that, uh, there's going to be another spike. I think it's just a thing that... I think the government knows that everyone is going to get it at some point. It's just they just want to make it a very gradual process just so that the health service can actually keep up with it. Yeah, I mean, I think... Do you think that the life after the virus is going to go back um and i guess a couple of questions how long do you think the virus is going to take to i guess either for everyone to be immune or the remaining people to be immune like how many i'm guessing years like what do you think i think i think this, this is going to be us for a few years i do think that apparently there's some places that are a fast track in a vaccine but it's it's going to be the same as like your flu shot, where like uh, you you need to get it boosted every year. But uh, I think that because we've never, well, apart from like you know Spanish flu, like we've never had a virus like in the modern age that's been this bad, where the world has had to literally shut down. So I'm pretty sure that pretty much every single big pharma company, everyone everywhere, is like working on this vaccine. So I imagine like lockdowns. I feel like maybe another month or two they're going to start letting some people like go back out they're going to start relaxing it a little bit but I feel yeah. that basically things like social distancing and so on I think that's probably going to be here for like another year possibly like the social distancing part yeah I mean I'm just wondering well first of all a lot of businesses aren't going under because they're being helped mostly by the government I'm personally very worried about the financial ramification ramifications of all of this occurring. Yeah. Because like the inflation that's going to happen. I also think people hopefully will lose trust in the monetary supply just being stable for them so they start to consider 
real alternatives that they're willing to use. Crypto. I'm worried that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm worried <laughs> that China is like now rolling out their like um, digital currency. And then I'm afraid that other countries are going to start following them. Speaking of China, I'm worried that all their authoritarian practices are going to start leaking into other countries because, you know, like as you're saying, they now have an excuse to do all of this. Yeah. Um, I'm worried about all of that stuff. <laughs> and it's, I guess it's just up to the people um, to stop it from happening for the US. I'm super happy. So many people have been buying guns. And I think that's great. Made <laughs> 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 a video about it. Um, so that should help, you know, kind of stem any too much authoritarian tendencies. Well, I, I, I feel that this is the end of China because I think the biggest mistake that anybody has ever made in this entire thing was when China said everything's fine, people believed them. <laughs> Right, I, I think that that was the biggest problem, and I think what I think was already started happening because I believe Japan have started doing it. Is see because a lot of the medical supply gets made like in China, like China is used for a lot of manufacturing from all over the world. It's what has made China into such a wealthy superpower, and I think after this, countries are actually going to start pulling their manufacturing out of China. I, th I think that's what's going to happen and basically see if enough people do that like over time like China could possibly end up collapsing which would be nice I mean if their people could uh, have a have a little bit of a revolution and uh, overthrow the authoritarian government and actually build a nice freedom loving society that that would be nice you know good good for good for them because the thing that I find really weird right is China is like what one and a half billion or something I like don't that. Know. It's, it's, it's an extremely big number, but that's like... Let me look it up. It's like an eighth of the planet. So that means that an eighth of the planet lives under an authoritarian regime. Yeah, 1.5 billion. Yeah, I think it's more 1. than... 1.4. I think it might be more than an eighth then, just slightly more. But yeah, I, I, that's just mind-blowing to me, that one in every eight people on this planet lives under an authoritarian government. That's, yeah. that's scary shit that is, you know, we're, we're fucking up that that should not be the case <laughs> like, we've, we've really dropped the ball on that yeah, I I also think it would be good if countries pulled back their um, manufacturing in, I guess, in-house but in the country sense that would be good, I don't know if China's economy will collapse because I think that they're, they've built up a lot of money already so yeah. they'll have some wealth to possibly strategize and adapt um, to something new. I don't know what they're good at. Um, like I don't know what they could provide to the world that would um, keep money coming in that's not through their manufacturing because they've already put all this um, infrastructure and like everybody's trained to, to do that over in China right now so it would definitely be a process but it might not mean their collapse. Um, I also am skeptical of a social revolution only because social programming and condi conditioning is very deep psychologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the people might still want that, even if they have the opportunity to rebel they've against been... it. And yeah. sorry, no, I was just <laughs> saying that they've been they've been raised to love the state, that type of thing. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's 
social programming is very very hard to get out of like i think it's something hard for anybody to do and like first of all you have to get exposed to ideas that are different and then you also have to have the strength to like go against i don't know everything you've ever known <laughs> it's really hard for anybody yeah. to do so um i think it's possible but we'll just see i guess what ends up what ends up happening um i i only hope that they don't fare well economically just because i don't want them to like overtake the world and insidiously and then more um directly push their authoritarian tendencies onto the rest of the world because you know that's what people would do they like to replicate themselves and cultures will replicate themselves and if china's culture which is like what america has done and like that's what any culture would do well that's, that's um, what's happening with hollywood as well like see how china like we said before it's like well over a billion people that is a very very big market that a lot of media and entertainment companies want to get into but in order to get your song or your movie or anything out in china then it has to comply with china's standards of you know can't talk about this, can't have that, you know, censor this, censor that, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of the, you know, movies we're seeing right now in the cinema have been purposefully made, you know, they're not being told to the full extent that their sp expression could be in. They've been heavily curtailed so that they can actually, like, launch in China. And I just think that's crap. You know, why are we, why is our entertainment kneeling to, uh, kneeling to another authoritarian country? And it's for money. Like, it is for money, yeah. and this is a lot of the same companies that are like, oh, fuck Trump, we hate Trump, he's such a fascist, whereas these people are creating content that kind of appeases fascists just because they want to make the money from their market. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, I don't need to tell you this, but I'll just say people, what people say and what they do are two very different things, and that's how you know that a lot of movements in the west aren't really about like the morals and the principles it has nothing to do with that because then they act in a in a different way yeah so yeah. i guess i i just agree with that no that's that, that's just the thing is i just feel like you know if you want to make a piece of art or whatever then just use your full expression don't say like for example i could you know maybe be a bit nicer and like appeal to more people but then i kind of feel like um I'm censoring myself so that I could earn more money and earn more popularity and so on, but I just kind of want to make what like I actually want to make. I don't want to be just some sort of social yes man so that I can basically you know get get into some other market and start making like more money. Because I mean, if, as soon as places that like, I know nobody's really surprised to hear that Hollywood production companies are only interested in money. Like that's fine. You're a company. That's what you're supposed to do. But it's when these same companies like come out and go, ah, yes, we shouldn't oppression and oh, we're bad. fuck, fuck Trump and all this type of stuff, and that's when you're like, now hold on a fucking minute. <laughs> it's like if you really cared about these things, then you wouldn't be fucking doing this bullshit, like censoring yourself. Like it's a case of you don't actually care about these things. You care about money. Yeah, um, I don't really think there's a way to to. I mean, actually, there maybe there is a way to change some of that. I think the only way is for uh, the regular folk, uh, you know, like you and me, to stop going, giving cinemas and Hollywood places or money. But I also don't see that happening. 
but there <laughs> but there is a way uh, to kind of stop that if the people protest enough um, and they protest in meaningful ways like well I think social media like shaming actually works I mean I, I think it can be not a good thing when you're doing it to an individual like if you're doxing them or whatever yeah. but if you make companies you know like me getting paypals on bank means only because I went on Twitter about it if you do that with companies that can help and then also if you stop giving them your money but that's yeah. that's the only way um yeah i think that china should have some kind of worldwide uh what you call it um worldwide slap on the wrist or something from other countries however i instantly in my head hear people saying xenophobia and racism stuff like that and yeah i think that also you should separate the people from the government but i still think china needs something like that because i do think well i have to be careful what i say because if i say the wrong thing you know, <laughs> yeah. like on youtube <laughs> i actually don't know if i want to say what i was gonna say something i want to buy a weapon but i will i won't actually say what i was gonna say because I just don't, I don't want your stream to like it, you know, like, whatever. So no. I didn't actually say anything. <laughs> no, 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 it's just like, I know, I know what you mean, like, I'm, obviously I'm not really in favour of uh, globalism or anything along those lines, you know, I'm quite nationalistic, I'm fine with countries going their own way and doing their own thing, but like, uh, I do feel that, com like, I, that, that doesn't mean like, you know, oh, I'm a nationalist, that's just my country, like, fucking that's it, fuck everybody else. No, I still feel like countries should all work together towards like common goals and aims, like research economy, all that type of stuff as well. Like I do feel that we should all have our own countries, but that doesn't mean that we're not gonna like work together and help each other out, which means that for example, if, you know, if North Korea just one day decides, oh, I'm gonna fire all my nukes in all directions, then like all the countries of the world would unite to prevent that. You know, basically if there is a threat to another country, it would mediate it kind of like the UN, except you know, it actually does something. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I was very unnerved by, well, I. This is one of those things that I think it will be like preaching to the choir, but I was first unnerved by, the World Health Organization basically being incompetent. I also thought the U.S. government initially was also very incompetent um, with like the CDC screwing up the test kits, that kind of stuff. Um, but then I was also even more unnerved with, I think we can talk about it, just not say the wrong thing. YouTube doing this, like now we're going to trust the, the, world, the World Health Organization. I think that's very, very concerning. And since we're on the, the this kind of topic i'm also concerned about um the homeschooling stuff where a lot of organizations are upset with parents now possibly be interested in homeschooling because they think that everybody should go to the government i actually don't know how you feel about that but government schools and institutions well, so those two things to me are like very authoritarian well i feel that I feel like I'm fine with the government like providing uh, schools for people. I'm fine with the government providing schools. I'm fine with uh, people homeschooling. 
I don't want the government to basically say, like, you know, you must send your child to a government school. You are not allowed to, like, educate your own child and homeschool them. I actually have a huge problem with that. I like people to actually have, like, a choice. So, basically, that's why I'm kind of the same way with, like, healthcare. You know, there's state-provided healthcare and then you get paid healthcare. I'm fine with there being both. You know, if people have that choice, I don't feel that people should be forced to choose one or the other. I like when people have a lot of choice and they get to choose the choice that they feel is best. Like, that's why that's why if people want to homeschool their kids, I'm absolutely fine with that. If they want to go to a government school, I'm absolutely fine with that. But I, when people want to homeschool their children, I, I completely understand the reason why they want to do that. Because there's a lot of stuff that you learn in school that is just fucking useless and pointless. I have a question for you. You live in Scotland, right? Yes. Um, what is the school there like? Because in Jamaica, we had like the British style system. So you have like first form, second form. You have prefects, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you have that there also? We, we do, but we have segregated schools. What does that mean? Segregated is uh, basically you get Catholic schools and you get non-denominational schools, which is for everyone who's not Catholic, which they're primarily Protestants. Like, we've got... So, yeah, see see if a school has, like, a, is named after a saint. Like, for example, Saint, saint Augustine's. That is a Catholic school, which means to get into the Catholic school, you need to be a member of a church. You have to have been baptised, you know, you have to have been christened and all that type of stuff. Whereas uh, a non-denominational school, as it's called, just you don't need to be any religion or anything like that. You can just attend it. So, the vast, so anyone that's you know, Muslim or Sikh or primarily, you know, almost all uh, Protestant, um, they all go to that school. So yeah, we've got we've got segregated schools. That is fascinating. I was actually I was asking because um, I was more thinking about how here in the U.S. they you can only go to a school that's like where near where you live, whereas um, in Jamaica you, there's none of that. You get into schools well based on they're based on merit usually. It's based on like the grades you get. But you can come from anywhere on the island. Of course, Jamaica is really small, but you know it's, it has it doesn't have to do with like location. It's just if you want to go there and you're accepted, you can go there. Um, and I've never heard about this. Uh, are you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. I'm still here. I have, uh, no, I've never. We we've we've had that. That's that's been around for a very long time. Uh, there, it's not so much anymore, but it's definitely still there. A lot of. Uh, tensions uh, between Catholics and Protestants. This is things that stem over from, uh, you know, Northern Ireland, the IRA. People attribute it to that, but it's mostly a throughout history thing because basically, you know, there's been <clears throat> there's been a, a good few hundred years of uh, one group persecuting the other. So that's what that's where the separate school system comes from. But then in, in Northern Ireland, we've we've got it a little bit in the town where I grew up. But you have a lot of it in Northern Ireland where, you know, you get, I don't know what they're called in America, but just areas of houses. What, what are they called in America? Call what? Uh, call what? Like, see how we call it a scheme, which is like a group. Would you call it like a suburb or something? Just an area of houses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, we've yeah got, in America they call them suburbs. Like yeah, well, we've got basically places like that. Uh, where I grew up, they've got it where you get a Catholic area, and a Protestant area where basically you know most Catholics are almost all from this area and Protestants are almost all from this area. It's just 
but over in Northern Ireland it's much worse where they've actually had to build giant secure walls between these areas to stop the Catholics and Protestants from throwing petrol <laughs> petrol bombs and stuff at each other. What? Like, like, like currently, like modern, yeah, modern times. Oh yeah, modern times. Like the the it, it really really peaked sort of during the eighties. It was something that it was literally called the troubles, right? <laughs> and uh, that was when you were getting car bombings and assassinations and like all wow. kinds of stuff. Yeah, the British the British military were like. See, see how like the way the British military like were all over like Iraq and Afghanistan. It was like that, but in Northern Ireland, <laughs> like it's a whole long story that has been going on for a very long time. But yeah, we we still actually have that. We still have uh, segregated schools, and we've had we've had segregated schools for a long time. I don't think they're going to get rid of it though. Even though you know segregation's obviously like it's not it's not a very nice thing. But yeah, we've we still have that. Um, in in Jamaica, all the schools are almost like I would say like ninety eight percent or something of schools are religious. They found it, but that just means that like a church started them and and the church runs them today. Um, however, so usually when you're at a school, especially the secondary school schools, there's also a church on the campus. Yeah. However, it's not limited to um, uh, students from like you don't have to have a particular religion. At the same time, like the school I went to was a uh, Jesuit uh, school, and it was named after Saint. I think it was Saint, or is it Sir? I don't remember. Edmund Campion. So it's called Campion College. And then there are other schools. Did you make this one called Jamaica College or Saint George's? And all of them have churches on them. Um, so you have uh, it's very religious. Like when you go to school in the morning, you like say a prayer. Like they do a lot of religious things, but you can. Like if you if you don't like partake like you're not gonna get in trouble, and I don't know like for example like if there is a Rastafarian at the school there are rules about hair like your hairstyle but they can do what they want because they say like it's their religion so there's like a little bit of freedom even though it's like overwhelmingly a Christian at the same time um, I think that that kind of schooling and upbringing it's it's like it's overwhelming to people but there's a little bit of freedom and leeway given so i don't wouldn't say that it's like better or good or anything is i was just curious about it because the difference with america and where i'm from that was significant to me and i was just wondering what it was like in in Scotland. Well, I just learned learned a bunch. I didn't well, know any of that. I had a little bit of a problem with it because I've got a, I've got Catholic background, I've got a Catholic, you know, sort of Irish Irish Catholic surname. But my mum and dad didn't really believe in the church. They didn't get me christened or baptized or anything like that. And because of because of that I had to go to a non denominational school which was a lot of fun as a Catholic. Um I've been called a I've been called a lot of names because of my background. Like I'm not a practicing Catholic, but see to see to the Protestants, like I'm I'm a Catholic. Well, that's that's all they really cared about. And uh, I've so, been I've been called so many times. I've been called a Fenian. I've been called a Tig uh, many times, which is essentially it's uh, which is basically the N word, but for us. <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, that's why whenever I get people going like that, you're white, you don't know what prejudice is. I'm like, ah, pff, yeah, okay. Oh my <laughs> god, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. stuff. It's like, 
American culture like overtakes every other culture and it's like they don't realize that people's like social classes and their prejudice totally line up differently when they're from somewhere else. One of the arguments I always make on my channel is that there are so many immigrants in America, so many of them cannot fall in line with like the historical America, but they are always labeled in this way that they don't even fit in, which like drives me crazy. <laughs> it's like someone who's not from here. It's like, shut up. <laughs> like, no, you're wrong. At least you're wrong about me and where I'm from. And like, you can't, charge like, complete. You can't blindly apply like what happened with you to, to everybody else. Anyway, that's really terrible. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. And it's I'm... fascinating how like prejudices are totally different wherever you go in the, in the world. Oh no, that's 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 the thing that's like weird. Like where where I stay is uh, I stay in a very very Catholic area, and it's uh, it's quite funny because uh, we have a couple of Muslim families that stay here, and the sort of joke that everyone makes is, well, at least they're not Protestant. <laughs> so it's just yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's horrible. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, like uh, that definitely never happened. I grew up Presbyterian, so like I, I was like, but nobody cares about that. Like that's not, that's just not. Nobody, nobody cares about that. <laughs> like this is like not an issue. That's just really amazing, um, really amazing. Like, like I, it's hard for me to really fathom in my head. Like I've heard people talk about Irish Catholics before, but I've never gotten it. I've just like seen that term like on the internet. Um, it's very hard for me to imagine that you would be like called names or treated away because of your religion it's like a foreign concept to me basically i know it's, it, it, it does it actually does happen like you know there's uh, some people who are it's a lot worse in northern ireland but it sort of came over into here but i know i know a few guys who basically because they're catholic they they started date, dating a girl and basically when the parents found out the guy was catholic they said to the girl you know you can't date him you know you can't you can't go out with him and like that's that's a real thing it doesn't it happens in Northern Ireland like a lot, but over here it's not as common, but it, it still does happen. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's the, the vice versa as well. Like I know, I know Protestant guys whose family's Catholic, and basically because he wasn't Catholic, like they didn't like him. And all that, like it's it's weird. It's, it's like nobody nobody ever expects like that type of stuff. But like it's it, it happens like everywhere, even in like countries that you totally like don't expect. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess when people really deeply identify with something, but it can be so many different things. You know, it's it's just like it's a. I almost want to say that it's like it's an evolutionary. I kind of I took biology, like that kind of biology. It's an evolutionary strategy, I think, for people to divide themselves up. And I guess the way those divisions fall can be different depending on what inter what in a society's culture most effectively signifies their status, background, blah, 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 all the things that would be important for say, a parent to consider when they're giving their child away or whatever. I mean, I'm saying this, but I don't really, I don't think it's a good thing. I, I really yeah. don't. But, like, I think, like, it's just a, it's a purpose um, that we have as, like, biological creatures. And then the way we, like, define those things is just dependent on the culture, I guess. And in the U.S., it 
still is in some ways, but more was all about race. I don't know. I guess in Jamaica too, was it was about race at one point, but I guess over there it's like uh, the religious stuff, which it, which can be very very important. I think it's just a lot of like there there isn't a country that exists that doesn't have like a really shitty history. Like there's mm-hmm. there's always in every every single country there's always been you know, a group or groups that have been persecuted against and then, you know, even after, like, all of that's sort of over, like, you know, the the feeling is still there and it will be there for, like, a long time to come. I think it is going to be, like, a good few generations before that, like, fully, like, goes away. Like, in in Northern Ireland, in fact, I'm not sure about Northern Ireland, I think it might always be there. (laughs) Like, you know, they've still... Like, in, in Northern Ireland, the police drive around, essentially, in small tanks. Like, there's certain neighbourhoods that the police just can't... This, nobody ever expects this in, like, a, a modern, like, Western world country, like the United Kingdom. And everyone, there's, like, still places in Northern Ireland that are fucking, like, war zones. And everyone, but it's just... Yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing, you get it everywhere. There's, you know, name... Pick a country and you'll find some sort of persecution that... The, even if it's like over the feelings about it still exist yeah in uh, Jamaica I mean I actually don't know all the details because a lot oh. 15 maybe there's a, a popular Jamaican dancehall artist called Vibes Cartel and you know the whole real world Gaza Palestine that kind of stuff was going on and he in his music, he would talk about these two factions called Gaza and Gully, and like people like in real life in Jamaica started like aligning themselves, and then they started like fighting, and it's just like people have this, yeah, like I said, biology. Well, <laughs> yeah. That was I, mean, I think they'll go to war with each other over like something totally made up. There was one thing that I remember reading up a little bit on, but I don't I don't fully remember all the details. All I know is there was a. This was in Jamaica. There was two politicians who were running against each other in an election, and apparently both of the politicians ended up hiring local criminal gangs to sort of, you know, intimidate people or whatever into voting. And then what happened was there was eventually like like gunfights happening in the street, and it was between gangs that had been hired by these two politicians. I think I read something yeah, about that. Yeah, I, I actually did a little bit of research on that when I was um in sixth form in jamaica i think that was in the 1970s and that is how jamaica um first got like its first wave of gun crime it was directly due to politics and politicians it's like crazy it's like wow you can make a movie off of this so uh, jamaica jamaica was non-violent until politicians came along i think there's a message in there somewhere but in terms of guns (laughs) there's there's plenty of violence but like in terms of guns, and this is a, a well, since we're on the topic of guns, um, that's something that I argue about also because in Jamaica, at least, um, gun crime. So when they first had this wave of gun violence, they decided that in order to make it go away, they would basically introduce gun laws to restrict it, and then they did that, and then crime just went up, up more. Like that, that's what happened. Uh, and it, yeah. Yeah. I think. So I'm, well, that's, that's the thing is, I'm pro Second Amendment. I feel that you have a right to defend yourself and defend your property. 
and you should uh, be allowed to bear arms. Like when I was over in America, you know, that ICMI, I got to go shooting. And yeah. I wanted to go, but I went too late. I, I, I just remembered that. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I uh, know yeah, that was quick shit. But you couldn't come, yeah, but it was, it was good. It was good. Like, uh, they usually have rules for uh, people that are like not US citizens, like about what guns you're allowed to allowed to use. But uh, one of the guys that worked there uh, was actually a subscriber of mine, and he was oh. like, and he was like, oh, you you can you can shoot whatever the hell you want, man. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, like, <laughs> like, oh, it was fun. It was a uh, it was uh, it was a great laugh. But like, yeah, I'm I'm pro Second Amendment, but like uh, in Britain, like. Uh, you're not allowed to own guns like handguns like pistols and stuff you're not allowed to own like at all the only guns that you're legally allowed to own is a shotgun and a deer rifle that's the only things you're allowed to own but see the hoops that you need to jump through to like get licenses for those guns is just extreme and it's just like uh, and some of our self-defense laws are fucking stupid like if someone, I, I, there's a, so many cases of basically, uh, you know, a burglar breaks into a house, the guy runs downstairs, finds the burglar, beats the burglar up and throws the burglar out the house and the guy gets arrested for beating up the burglar. <laughs> like that, there's so many cases of that in the UK. Yeah, I, I um, in Jamaica, your, I think your handguns are limited meaning that you have to register but because the police are really corrupt if you register for a handgun you could actually become a target for someone coming to come get your gun for you from you i, I remember asking my father when i was, i don't remember how old i was and like why don't you get a gun like a gun would help and <laughs> he would say no because it actually puts a target target on your back if you go and like it's like known that you own, own a gun it's like it's really screwed up it's yeah fucking hell man but anyways I think we've went for a a couple of hours now even after the fucking hiccups and shit like that yeah sorry sorry about that Matt I thought it was just me because I I live in a village in the middle of nowhere and I thought it was my internet until I found out that it's everyone in the fucking country (laughs) like that but yeah that's pretty funny but anyway is there anything uh, before we go is there anything that you want to shout out or anything like that um, thank you. I'm glad that we finally uh, made this happen. I'm sorry um, it took six months. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. I do the same thing sometimes. Like, there's a lot going on. Um, and I'd like people to know to find me at justthinkingoutloud.tv. That's my website. And then my YouTube is youtube.com slash justthinkingoutloud. And I'm on Twitter at Desiree Thinking. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna, I think, post this also on my own uh, channel as well. So uh, that's it. And I always like to tell people to have a great day as well. Oh, that's nice. There you go. Yeah, you're probably you're probably the nicest person we've ever had on the channel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyways, thanks very much for coming, guys. Right. I'll see you later. Yeah.